Hello, and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright, Mark Anthony Rossi. In this, our fifth year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here's your host. Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to be Human. This is our always uh, our wonderful, blessed interview segment. And as I always uh, remind you and even preach it, you know, it, it is a blessing because you have people with different schedules and many times different time zones. I got someone coming up from India 11 and a half hours from my Eastern Standard Time. So imagine that, <laughs> you know. And so it, it's, it's always exciting to have someone. I got a I got a lovely guy here from New Jersey, which is my home state. It was it's always great when you get a, you get a writer from there. His name is Tom Pacalis. Uh, he's a social worker in a psychiatric hospital as well as being a poet. Okay, born in New Jersey over there. Uh, some of his credits are um, 16 Pages, Abyss, uh, Allure Press, uh, Alchemy and LG, um, Amherst Review, which is a good one. I really like that one a lot. Uh, Tom, uh, thank you very much and welcome on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really, I really appreciate it. Um, we were hoping to do this a little earlier, like last week, but you know, you had some other stuff to do. I understand that you also uh, do uh, various readings, and I'm not really sure if you do them in a in a cafe or a bar or a museum or a club or something like that. Everybody has a, a different thing for that, but uh, you know, we could definitely talk about that as well. I don't get as many people doing that. In fact, I got one guy I've been trying to wrestle forever. And, uh, you know, if he's not ill, he, he's on the road. <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The last place. So when you tried setting this up, I was in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. I, I was reading at Gonzo Fest, which is put on by this um, Kentucky based poet, Ron Whitehead, and it just celebrated the life of uh, Hunter S. Thompson. And it was pretty wild. Um, the night before. We flew in, and then we went to Owensboro, um, Kentucky. No, Owensboro, Indiana. I don't know, somewhere. But uh, yeah, we we just flew in. We hopped in a car, drove, and then, um, sadly, well, not really sadly. I guess it was an adventure. Um, our plane got canceled at four in the morning. We were supposed to fly out at eight, so we had to rent a car and we drove through six states just to make it home to go to work on Monday. It was something else. Wow. That's something. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, you know, and like a lot of times, you know, we're not getting paid to do these things. Like the only way we get paid is if we're selling our books or, you know, doing trades, I guess, in that for the just, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's tough. Being a poet's tough. You don't really get paid. And anyone who thinks they're going to get paid, I don't know. Show me the way. <laughs> <laughs> now I hear you. Um, I I have a, a number of people that they do this. Uh, sometimes it's semi regular, and other times it's just a, a really full commitment. And what they usually do is they would have a, a project, uh, and that could be a chat book or you know an art book or just a, a, a full book, and it could be anything from poetry to fiction or you know hybrid or whatever. And and what they'll usually do is 
they'll buy enough of those to where when they go to these very speaking things, they can put things on tables and people can then, you know, purchase them after after their performance. And in that way, that sort of like is a way for them to, to make their income. I mean, I don't know if they're going around flying everywhere because I don't know the, how economical that would be. But I'm sure if you drive a little bit here and there, you know, even with gas, it's, you could probably do something along that line and spread the word out. But that's how some people do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, prior to this, like going out to Kentucky this time, like I, I had done a few tours. I was over in England in April, um, you know, and I actually I got paid a few times there um, selling the books. You know, it, yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot of times it's just money to feed the, the gas tank to get to the next reading or in our case, I guess, to get home, you know. Nah, I, I hear you. I, I even did a show on it because uh, I had a lot of um, a lot of input from people who did this, and you know, sort of the good, the bad, and the ugly on it. So uh, it, it is it is fascinating. I've done a few over the course of, of of my life as a writer over 30 years, but I I haven't done as many as a lot of people have, mainly because I really didn't. I really personally, I didn't really care for it because of my own type of style. Uh, of writing, particularly in poetry, was, was more prose and prose poem like, and I just didn't really feel that it, it lent it lent itself to, you know, some kind of verbal vocalization like that. Where others, you know, sometimes like I have a few people that they literally write in that style and literally rehearse this before they go out there. So the whole thing is more about being in the audience rather than just on on a, on a piece of paper. And maybe that's great for them because that's that that works. And and sure, if you want to sit down and do that, that, that that's great. But uh, it, for me, it, it really wasn't uh, you know the best thing. So it wasn't really my my, my style. I'm not against it, of course, because I'm always for anything that's going to be able to spread stuff out. You want to put a poem on a damn rocket ship and shoot it over the friggin' Jupiter? That's fine with me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that's what we should do. Well, eventually, it, it'll be something along that line. Some kind of digital uh, advertisement will what happened every time you have a new um technology for the most part you're going to have uh you're going to have some kind of ways uh, for people to help them themselves with uh learning about reading and books and ideas with the exception of artificial intelligence because you know what uh, the machine not able to really discern emotions and have a soul it, all it could do is the is the most soulless cold thing that's possible and many times you could spot that sort of stuff so that's not really helpful, but you, you you have others. Although I had I had this um, company that's considering what they what they do is the person will do an audio book of their writing, particularly something that's short rather than something that's long, and some AI program will actually help narrate it and maybe even make weird sounds and do stuff background as well with it, so that make it like a like a like a reading experience almost like an audio book, but in a digital way. And I, again, I, I'm not against artificial intelligence when it's something that's going to help benefit us, but it should be not anything at all that's going to help replace us or replace the written word or, you know, replace God or anything like that, because that's where it becomes, you know, incredibly dangerous. And unfortunately, uh, with humanity, we don't, we don't know how to... Uh, I, we just don't know how to, to, to pick the middle ground on everything. It, it's almost like humanity is, is a giant heroin addict. You know what I mean? Right. If it goes cold, right. if it goes cold turkey, you can't ten years later go, let me just have one shot and I'm okay. No, it doesn't work that way. 
So right. it, 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 somebody will eventually make a religion about AI, and sometimes you'll have a damn robot trying to shoot people like Terminator. And you know, it, 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 this would not be surprised me at all, just because of, that's how people can be. Right. I mean, y- you bring up some interesting points too. And like it, lately, I've been seeing a lot of journals, and they'll have like the open call for submissions, but it'll specifically state. No AI poems. I didn't even know this was a thing. I had no clue that people were writing poems through, I, I guess, software. Is right? Like, have you heard about this? Uh, yeah, and I, I really put it in my guidelines that I, I I reject that. I can tell oftentimes the difference anyway. But I reminded people and I warned them. I said, don't do this sort of stuff because if for some reason I can't tell, and then later on I discover that you're gone and you're going to be banned. And I'm not going to be playing right. any of these kind of games because I just that's just just unacceptable. Okay, you, if somebody wants to do something like that, they could have a robot journal with an AI guy, and then all the AI writing goes on, and and nobody can explore that. But this is for humans, and it's not a bigoted thing. It's just the way it is. Writing is creative, and creative is about humanity. Absolutely. I mean, you said it before. I mean, you lose all heart and soul. When when you're using a machine to do things for you, I mean, did, didn't anybody listen or read Kaczynski's manifesto? You know, you ever read that thing? Yeah, I, I have. And I've read a couple of them, actually. And, you know, they're all they're all pretty much Luddite anti-technology, you know, rants that, that go too far. But the, right, the, one th- right. the one thing, because, you know, you really can't justify machines are bad for people. So I'm going to go murder some people myself, <laughs> you know. Right, exactly. It don't make a whole lot of sense. It's like, really, I, 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 I'm so bigoted that I want to be murdered by a human. I don't want to be murdered by a robot. What the hell is that about? You know? Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, technology definitely has its usefulness. I mean, it's interesting. You know, like, I'm, I'm 34 years old, and, like, the people I'm writing with, like, my peers, contemporaries, whatever you want to call them, um, a lot of them are doing like e-chap books or like, you know, full length books that are digital. And I, man, I, I prefer the feel and, and even the smell of books, you know, like digital stuff just doesn't do it for me. Um, like my mom had a Kindle. I hated it. Like it's, I mean, it's interesting that you can store however many thousands of books on it, but at the same time, it's like, you're, you're totally destroying, uh, I just think a, a foundation that uh, I don't know. It's just a principle. It's just the principle of having a book. There's something very authentic about it, and I think when you do all this digital shit, it just does away with it. You know? Well, I, I, I'm okay with it, and it just in the sense that it, it's another it's another medium for writing, and if if it can deliver some book or some message or something along that line, I'm alright with it, and it's up to a person's taste whether they want a book and how it smells and how it feels versus, you know, a Kindle. I just sure. I just don't like the whole thing that the Kindle is writing the crap. That That's the problem. That's that's, right, that's where right. AI gets into that situation. Otherwise, you know, Kindle is, is, is no different than, you know, uh, telling your girl that you love her and, and, and it's one of those uh, Goodyear blimp balloons, you know, rather than, you know, telling your lover <laughs> right. in a restaurant. It's the same crap, just, you know, different delivery system. I'm all right with that. So I, I'm all right with that. And, and we've had a lot of people, and I wasn't one of them, but we had a lot of people that I remember like 25 years ago saying, 
oh, this is going to sink the book, it's going to go extinct, and libraries are going to be burning, and they're going to put marshmallows out there, and, you know, they held their own, but this is, there's not going to be any replacing of the book. It's simply not going to happen. It would have ha- it would have happened already. <laughs> it would have happened already. You know the, the the it goes back and forth with um, you know the sales and the equipment and you know people are starting to learn after a while you can't replace the Kindle batteries and you got to buy a whole nother friggin' Kindle. You know so eventually it, it gets tiresome for people. Or, you know I, I remember they had that 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 uh, Barnes and Noble Nook. Literally, they, they had no replacement batteries. So literally, unless you bought a used one. Like on eBay for a couple of bucks, you got to buy a whole new damn Nook. I mean, oh, what the hell nooks, is that about? Yeah, yeah and and, right. and that one couldn't even read Kindle; it only could read its stuff. So then you're really looking at a, an investment and a, you know, being cornered into some sort of, a, you know, digital trap. And it, so in the end, some of that stuff might be tiresome for people in the end. You know what I mean? Because in the right. end, in the end, the book you get with that paper. Edgar Allan Poe, Stephen King, whoever the hell you want, you know, you read it, you put it in your damn library, you can go read it again whenever you want, but you don't have to worry about it dying or fading away or, you know, turning over to a new a new, new computer system or nothing like that. So right, th- right, right. Th- there is a kind of, I, I, you, I don't know if you could say eternal, because obviously, you know, paper can't live 3,000 years. But what we do, what we do know is that, you can still continue to use that for many more years to come, a lot more than than machines. So. Right. No, no, that's a fair point. Yeah, you're definitely right. So I'm I'm okay I'm okay with it. I just you know I'm I'm just not a big uh, just not a big person on the, on the whole fad of it. I prefer the the book myself, but I'm okay with it. And I, I've done some ebooks and I've done, you know, uh, some even some reviews of some, and you know it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. You just it's a whole other marketing scheme just for you to have to understand that. So, you know, right, right. No, 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 you're, you're right. I mean, like, so, you know, you, you running aerial chart, I mean, how many, how many submissions do you get like a day or is it, or is it weekly, monthly? How's that work? Well, I, I, I would say, cause there's no way to know per day. I mean, but over the course of a month, it's about like three, 400. So I, I would say, Wow. You know, we probably get about four to five thousand submissions uh, every year. So holy smokes! Yeah. And I, unlike most places, don't have this low percentage of publishing. I think that's a bunch of crap. There's no reason why a lot of this stuff can't be published, unless right. unless it's really bad writing, unless it's just horrible content. You know, what I mean, I had one guy from the Middle East. He's actually a really decent poem, and then he ends it with, uh, you know, in the Jews must die. I'm like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? So, I mean, yeah, who the hell yeah. wants to publish that? You know, maybe Nazis or us can do that possibly, <laughs> but it's not going to be me. So Right, I was going to say maybe some neo-Nazi fascist yeah. regime or something, yeah. but yeah, not you. Yeah, well, he didn't miss it. He didn't miss a beat. He, he replied with, maybe we could just lose the last line. I'm like, dude, I'm losing you and blocking you. Bye. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you can't have that. No, you can't. You, you can't have it, that. It's like yeah. it's like the guy in in, in the dark alley, and, and he pulls a knife on you, and then he decides not to kill you in the end. Uh, am I supposed to be grateful and feel wonderful with you? I'm gonna have you. You gonna have a coffee at my house or something? Get the hell out of here. Right. You know. So. Right. When you pull that, you pull that. We know who you are. That's that. You know. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's funny because um. I started a press about three years ago, two or three years ago, called Between Shadows Press, 
And I've actually, I've never been open for submissions. Usually I solicit things from people. If I see a poem on the internet, I like, I'm like, Hey, really like this poem. Do you have about 12 more or 13 more? Like, and then maybe we can whittle it down to like a 10 poem chapbook, like a solid representation of like what you're doing. Well, I did this for one guy and the poem was, it was just, it was a beautiful poem. I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but what he sent me afterwards were all these rape poems. And I was like, you know, you're not, you're not Charles Bukowski. You're not Steve Richmond. Like, what the fuck is this? And, and he's like, well, you know, I, I'm sorry. Like if I offended you, I was like, you didn't offend me. I mean, why don't you send me something else? And then he just sent me more. I was like, you know what? Forget it. I, I <laughs> like, I lost interest in this guy. Um, so yeah, I mean, because again, it's, it's, it's your press, it's your pu online publication, you know, like you, you control what you take and put out there. I mean, it's a representation of you, you know, I, I, f I forget how I found you guys. Um, I, I actually have no idea how I found you. Well, um, well, we're pretty much everywhere now. And, that, that, and that's, yeah. that, that's been a really good thing. The only reason I really even started it is mainly because I worked in a number of uh, magazines over the years, and I, I just didn't like the policy where they were just dumping on people, or you know they were calling them the slush pile. They were just doing all, to me. It's like very degrading kind of stuff. And then you, even as an assistant editor, you got to follow those stupid edicts. I'm like, no, I'm done with all that crap. So I just said, I, I said I'll make my own up, and hell with that, you know. Yeah. I just didn't want to do a print one. I wanted to do something digital because it's 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 inexpensive and it's easy to do and. You know, it's still relevant and, and it works just fine, so I'm happy with that. But, you know, I, I would say that maybe 40, 45% of, of what um, sent, I, you know, we publish. So we, we publish a lot, a lot more than most people do, which tells you right there that, you know, but I, I've seen it all already. I've seen, you know, I, I've seen uh, academic presses, uh, you know, they, they have to have, you know, their little elk in, and then they got to have a couple of professors' English department in there, and then half their friends and relatives. You know what I mean? The guy down the street who sells them the salami sandwich, you know, and then the end is like six spots for everybody else left. And then, and then everybody else, right. then they're sending some, some stupid form letter about, uh, yeah, it's not a reflection in your work. I'm like, no, it isn't a reflection of my work because you didn't even friggin' read it. So exactly. that's, that's, the, right. that's the problem with all that. So I, I try to make sure that, you know, we do the best we can on, on publishing people, even if I have to go a month or two afterwards, just because, you know, I don't want to overlap each issue too much, but um, you know if it has merit and it has worth, then I, w I want people to you know to get published, get a credit, to get something that that's good for them and their confidence. And you know I just had a girl who just published her first time, you know, with us uh, about a week ago. So it's and she was really good, and she kept saying, you know, um, I'm kind of a beginner, and I'm looking at her going, you're not a beginner. Maybe you haven't published yet, maybe because you're too afraid and you haven't submitted anything, but you obviously been writing for years. And this is your first time you got published, but she's definitely not a beginner. I didn't even have to edit anything, so it's just it was just good work, you know. And it's just a lot of people like that. They just either afraid of reject rejection, or they just tired of the you know the whole form letter nonsense, or you know they just right. it becomes a negative experience for them. So I, I wanted to be something that's a little bit more, you know, of a, of a positive experience, and and we've been able to do that for the most part. Yeah, and and you know that's incredible because. When I started my press, um, I used to get – well, some people would actually just cold submit to me, and they say, like, you know, 
I've submitted these poems all over the world. No one's picking them up. And there was nothing, by my estimation, there was nothing wrong with the poems. They didn't need to be edited. But a lot of places don't want first-time um, submissions. You know, if you don't have any publishing credits to your name, even if it's an online journal, peop- certain presses get really oh, yeah. biz- bizarre about it. Yeah, so like when I started Between Shadows Press, and I started putting people out there, like, you know, because of you, I landed a book deal here. Or because of you, I got published here and here and here. And I'm like, wow, I mean, all I did was take your poems, print them, fold and staple them. I'm happy it worked out for you. You know, like that's it's pretty cool. And, um, you know, if you can provide that for somebody, why the hell not? You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I agree. But I, I, I did a show where I, I had mentioned – and I don't know, you, you probably won't be too surprised about it, but I, I used to inform people, and some people, they, they you know, they uh, emailed me back or they just had some objections to it, but they're like, I don't really believe, Mark, that um, people will judge you by the, your biography. I'm like, uh, yeah, they do. They do that a lot, a, a great deal. And I said, so I said, let me do this. So I, I spent an entire year, okay, where I had about – like 300 submissions where I had zero bio, didn't mention anything. Wow. And then I had another 300 where I, I just did about, I don't know, maybe a, a good paragraph of, you know, I've probably been published over a thousand times in 35 years, so I couldn't I couldn't spend 10 pages on that. But you know, I just sure. did a good paragraph of some of the big ones, okay? If you want to call yeah. if you want to call it that, you know. And I had 14 times more pub- publishing with the bio than without it. I believe it. Yeah, and I, I, t- I, I said, it. I said, I already believe this because I know it from the inside. I've heard people say this before as editors, and now I could just tell from a writer this is definitely not a coincidence. It's not at all. I don't care how scientific you think it is or not. I, it's, I'm, 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 I'm totally committed to believing that that is the case, and they, they can deny all they want, but I don't believe them. Yeah, no, you're, 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 de- you're definitely right. I mean. It's it's interesting because I think with my submission, I said, hey, because you ask, you ask for name every place you've ever been published. And I was like, holy shit, this is going to be a lot. If you want me to trim it down, let me know. And, you know, sure enough, you, you put it all up there. I was impressed. Um, and it's it's cool to see, too, because I was reading other people's poems and then I discovered new places to submit. I'm going to check it all out. I mean, I think what you're doing it's twofold. One, you're providing a home for people's writing. And then two, you're also providing other people the ability to learn new presses, new journals, new zines, whatever you want to call it. And not a lot of people do that. So No, they they, they don't. And I, I wrote a show about it and I, I preach about it a great deal. In fact, sometimes the only time I reject somebody is because they haven't read my guidelines. And I'm really serious. Right. I'm really serious about the the bio. And I've had a few, um, you know, some real arrogant, nasty writers talking about, well, what does this have to do with my writing? I go, it doesn't have anything to do with your writing. What it has to do with respect of the journal. Because if I'm going to publish you, I want my name out there in your bio so that other people can actually submit to me saying, what the hell is there? Let me give them a try and blah, blah, blah. I go, I got a lot of people who, who actually get that word because of the bio, because of people actually want to have a credit in there. So I, I expected that people do that. And I tell people... All the time. You know, I look through the internet. I look through various places. I'm, I'm published a lot myself. 
I said, God forbid, you know, I see you in a magazine with myself and I, I don't, and you don't have your credit in there. I'm going to be emailing you back saying, what the hell is wrong with you? Right, right. I go, because it, it's just simply disrespectful, first of all. Second of all, it's part of the, it's part of the advertisement and the word of mouth. I've, gotten, I've even gotten people who, who have gotten some wonderful interviews on here who, who pretty much told me, hey, I got a friend and they got published with you and they had a good experience and then I, I see their credit and I looked you up and boom, it was it's gone from there. And that's, that's what you want. You, you want to be able to see that, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, your guidelines, you, you clearly lay them out. You know, it, you, there's, there's nothing hidden in your guidelines. You know, you're not saying like, oh, um, and also, you know, give me an entire CV of everything. It's like, no, that's not at all what you're asking. You want the bio, other places of publication, and then just the words. You know? Yeah, I, I I think it's real important because the, the lot of a lot of the a lot of the journals, they don't really have anything extensive, and, and in fact, in many instances, and, and and I'm not saying that this is all wrong, but sometimes their guidelines are all about them. Um, I must have this font, in in this particular form, and blah blah blah, because it's so much work to do a journal. Okay, got that. I, I do it and I understand that. But there also has to be some direction, you know. Please don't send me the gay Batman poem. I'm not interested in that, okay? I'm, right, I'm, right. I'm not. And, and uh, you know, I, I, every so often I get these things. And even though I tell people, type up, your, type up your damn poem. Even if you don't have right. a word processor, you could put it in an email and send it to me. But I got literally people who actually scan their, their, their handwriting as a poem or, or I got one guy did an article. I'm like, good. I, I could barely read your writing. First of all, second of all, if you have all the equipment to send this over to me, why the hell can't you type it then? I'm supposed to like interpret your stuff and type it. I mean, come on. Right. I, I, I'm, right. I'm a friend of the writer, but Jesus, I'm not the slave of the writer. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> I've been actually, so I shifted gears recently and, um, I've been sending out a lot of hard copy submissions, like self-addressed sealed envelopes. And, you know, I heard what you said, like you've been doing this for 35 years. I mean, how do you feel about that? Like sending out hard manuscripts or, or hard poems, like printed poems uh, to journals, to magazines, to anthologies. Like, do you still do that or is everything you do digital? No, everything I do is email now. And it's been that way for a very long time. I stopped doing that sure. whole mail postal thing. In fact, literally, because I'm also a playwright. So I have some theaters that literally says you got to smail mail it. I'm like, unless you, you're interested in, in, in getting this thing uh, through the email, I'm not even wasting my time. I have the little crochet off my list. And just, right. just like some of the magazines too. Some of them were actually, I think, um, I think there's a magazine in Alaska. I think Alaska Quarterly Review. I think actually still has postal after 50 years. They still do. That's all they do. And there's right. there's a few others that do that. I'm not interested. I guess I'll never be published by them. Doesn't bother me at all. You know, I'm, sure. I'm I'm sleeping just fine. I don't need Nyquil. I'm all right. You know. <laughs> you don't need Nyquil. Yeah. That's right. That's I'm right. all right. Yeah. But uh, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, if they want to have this as an option, or if a writer wants to have that as an option, that's all fine with me. I'm all with the freedom of all. But to me, it doesn't sure. make any sense because there's already a cost involved with the, the envelopes, the paper, the ink, the stamps. You're you, you going to put all that out oh, there yeah. for, for, for what? 
for most of the times they're not reading your stuff or they got some ridiculous theme you know um we want red birds in a forest we can't have any other but that you know what i mean or something something just idiotic and, and you just don't even know if you're getting any kind of a fair shake whatsoever and in some places and i don't i don't participate in this in fact i'm against it but again it's up to the writer what they want to do they want three five ten dollars just to submit the damn poem or group of poems i'm totally not into that as well so imagine if you have to do that on top of all that postal stuff so I am glad on email that it eliminated all of that from me because I don't I don't do any of that ever. No, absolutely. I I agree with you about the um the I hate writing themes. I, I think it's insane. Um, but you know what? Maybe that's what certain people. And you're right. I mean, I guess it's up to the writer. Certain people enjoy prompts or exercises or whatever. But you know, for me, my style it's always been well. I usually write after I'm done doing something or observing things, you know, working in a psychiatric hospital, I see some pretty wild shit. So, so, you know, I get a lot of inspiration from there, but it's funny because a lot of people will say to me, like, how come you don't write more about the hospital? And I say, you know, honestly, going to quick check is more dangerous than going to my job. You know, like you see more crazy shit at Walmart than I do in, in the hospital I work in. I believe it. Yeah. People in pajamas at 11 o'clock at night. Like, what the hell? Walking around with a yeah, buy, bunny ears buy, on. You gotta be kidding me. Right, right, right. Buying a bag of ice, batteries, and antifreeze. You know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't really get it. But I, 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 do, I do believe that it's important for the journal to try to make it, I, I think, as comprehensive as possible of what you might want. You know, and, and, and to make it as easy as you can, you know, just you still got to have some respect and you still got to have some practicality. I'm, I'm not going to be, you know, interpreting hieroglyphics over here in order to be able to, you know, to put down a poem. I mean, it just makes no damn sense. Right. Of course. And, and I mean, you're getting some I'm sure you, as you've already mentioned, I mean, you're talking to writers all over the world. Like, what's the most bizarre place you've ever received a poem from? Well, I, or a submission from, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's bizarre, but I, I had noticed because I thought it was just funny, and then the guy kind of corrected me, and, and that's cool. But um, I got a poem from this guy from Egypt, and, and then he sent like about, I don't know, six or seven of them, right? And Yeah. And then at one point I remarked to him, because I, I thought they were good, but I couldn't really tell his poem from Egypt from the guy in suburbia in America. And, sure. and I'm like, uh, I, I don't know, are you uh, English uh, or American or New Zealand page, expatriate or something or what? And he's like, no, man, I, I, if you're expecting me to write pyramids and, and pharaohs, I don't give a crap about that. I, the girl broke my heart, and that's always going to be a universal theme of, of mankind. The pyramids are going to fall one day. Right, right. He put me, he right. put me in my place because I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. I don't want to be a jerk about it, but you, you got it. You're right. And, yeah. and, and sometimes when we, we forget that, when you, when you get some of these international things, and now you're like, dude, why, do you, why is he not writing about the Eiffel Tower? Huh? He's probably right. he's probably, right. probably freaking sick of it by now, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, well, what, that, yeah that's interesting. Yeah. Huh. So I, I kind of dropped some of that even as an expectation because they all, they, all the writers are correct. Um, it doesn't matter if the girl broke your heart in Paris or in Cairo or in the freaking jungles of Congo. 
You know what I mean? You're going to react to it. You're going to have a, 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 your own type of a response to it. But it, it's going to be something human. And it's going to be something in many ways that's, that's universal. And um, they're going to attach that more on an emotional level than they're going to care about, you know, the giant anaconda or the friggin' Paris uh, Eiffel Tower or, you know, I mean, uh, writing about gladiators in ancient coliseums in Rome or something. You know, it's because people, uh, they're going to be human and they don't really have that same tourist travel blog, uh, you know, like we do. Right. And I've been all over the yeah. world as an Air Force guy, so I've been to all these places already. But uh, it's funny when you, when you, you get all of that, you know. And I, yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, it is interesting that sorrow and loneliness. I mean, emotion that that's really what connects us all. It doesn't matter what region of the world you're from. You could be from the rainforest, some remote, desolate village in Romania. I mean, it could be anywhere, you know. Hmm. Yeah, and so I, I get to so you don't really get to too many things that are travel oriented. I had a guy though that. He lives in Belgium, so he had some some poems in his book, and some of the poems I, I printed uh, for him as well uh, on the site uh, that um, they had certain uh, Belgian scenes and coffee shops and stuff like that that was, that were you know pretty interesting and it was wonderful to you know to read, but you're not going to get too many people that are going to do that. I, I don't know if they're afraid of just that it's going to be considered travel writing and, and therefore not as keen as having a, a human experience. Even though I think travel is a human experience, I think I think some writers <laughs> yeah. I think some writers feel that it, it's of lesser value. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's de I know, yeah. I'm thinking about certain journals that say we don't want travel poems, and I mean, I don't know. As a human being, I feel like we're always traveling. You know, I don't know. I, I guess it's up for interpretation. Well, you could still do something along that line. And still have a human experience. I, I had uh, I had a couple of, of my poems. I don't do a lot of the travel ones, but I've had a couple. Um, I had one um, when I was in um, West Berlin, and the wall came down. Um, you know, the, you know the, wow, that's the awesome, Berlin yeah. Wall, and uh, it was a poem about me uh, observing one of the guards literally being beaten to death. Right. Yeah, and me and me in the poem period was saying, oh, <laughs> guess what? Uh, you know. That's justice in that situation. I got no right to, be, you know, be upset or, or have any moral, you know, quandaries about that because, uh, you know, I'm working over here and, and fighting over here for these people to be free. Well, guess what? They're free. The first thing I want to do is uh, beat the hell out of these guards who've been torturing, raping, and killing these people for the last 50 years. You can't blame them. Exactly. Can't blame them. Exactly. You know? And, no, no. They want to destroy yeah, the oppressor, yeah. of course. So, and then I had another poem where I had a guy. I, I had a, uh, one of my counterparts in Spain. I had to punch him out in the bar because he was just being an anti-American jerk, you know. Yeah. And um, I, I, I pretty much call that fighting fighting a bull in Madrid. So it was kind of fun. And um, <laughs> yeah. So you can have you can have some some experiences like that that that's that kind of like take a person back to that you know environment, but you don't have to mention you know bullfighting on on a Sunday or. You know, commies going over the wall in Germany or, you know, the Eiffel Tower or anything like that. So you right. could do that if you want. And in many cases, I did that back in Europe. So that it was it was in that experience anyway. It wasn't like I was remembering it, you know, 10 years later after I just took over, you know, a cruise or something. It was a real experience. So. Right. And that 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 works OK. But, you know, sometimes uh, 
people do get a little too travel oriented and that I don't really think that helps. I've been fortunate though to not get too many of those poems. Yeah, I mean do you do you ever get such I, I can't remember with your guidelines. Do you have a, a line limit or a word limit? I can't remember. I, I tell I tell people that, you know, I like them to be able to do something in you know, 50 or less lines. You know, it would be nice. Sure. You know, because there's a point where it's like, you know, digital-wise, it's still a page, really. And it's like three or four pages, and you're doing it that way. It's like, I mean, unless it's some real masterful poem that you had some real something to really say about, it's you can you can get to where you need to get in 50 or less lines because that's the whole heart of poetry that it is a poem and therefore it is short and and brief and <laughs> has brevity and all that so you know it, 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 it make a lot of sense to have a six-page poem you know exactly kind of like i mean like jumbo ever... shrimp you know what the hell is that about right <laughs> right exactly do you ever um do you ever get like haiku or, or any short form like that i i do and i and, I, and i'm okay with them uh most people um they like that. They like that kind of style. So I don't get as many. So they're kind of fun to, to have. Um, yeah. It's hard, and that's the funny thing. I could judge something that's a little bit more Western oriented than it is on something Eastern oriented. So it's hard for me to judge uh, a lot of these uh, haikus uh, uh, other than just uh, you know the mathematical formula involved, and, and understand. You know, I mean, I'm not sure how Zen that is. I'm, I'm you know, I don't know if that's really Buddhist light or Buddhist heavy. Who the hell knows? You know, but right. as right. long as it's you know, as long as it's not you know, uh, forming some hatred or something. I mean, I'm I'm all right with it because it, it's usually something about nature because it's fairly hard to write a haiku about a about a girl or you know about your mother-in-law or something unless you're like you know, right. I hate her now. Right. You know? I hate her real, yeah. real, real fast, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> and now you've put out books your whole life then. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't do as many poetry books as I used to because even though I still write that, uh, it's it's more of the the fiction and the, and the nonfiction now. So I have science books out and have fiction books out, you know. Do you, do you find you do better in those genres than poetry? No, I, I like them. I like them all, and I'm not trying to be political. Sure. The truth of the matter, no, the no, truth no. of the matter is, is that I find certain subject matter better in one form than another. Like I wrote a series of of essays that I put into an ebook, and it's pretty much about railing against uh, the, uh, the the technology of sex robots. And, and how that ultimately not only uh, dehumanizes people, you know, it also, in many ways, instead of supposedly, you know, reducing rape, maybe actually causing it to be further. Because I noticed statistically that the two countries that either manufacture or import uh, sex robots, China and India, they also have the highest rape occurrences on the whole planet. It's kind of hard to ignore that and think it's a coincidence. Right. So right. Uh, I mean, that's that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. it is. But uh, that kind of subject, is, it's going to work for an essay. It's extremely hard to come out with a poem or two or something like that. <laughs> right. You know? Right. And in and, and and a fiction piece, it, it almost sounds like a mockery. And on something on that kind of subject, God knows you don't want to be, you know, making fun of rape or anything. No, you know, of course. Some of these of things that they no. even have, they even have child sex robots. I mean, so that means that. People who actually 
into child rape are doing these things too with a robot. It's just unbelievable. So, whew. yeah, it, it, yeah, it's just perpetuating that fantasy and and just then the action. You That's know? what I'm thinking anyway. Yeah. So holy smokes. Yeah. So you have certain things that. That's better uh, for for the for the various genres. So you know, something that's longer. You know, I like I like the flash fiction or, or short story to do something like that. Especially if I have a a tale of woe or or, mor- or morale or even a bit of a humor in it. You know, and then for the for the poems, I just I like something that's just simply short and and sweet. So that, that that's why I can I exist in all of those because I don't get frustrated because I know. If I have a, a thought or if I have a, a certain idea, what's going to reply? This versus that. It's it's not hard to figure out. Right. Yeah, because um, I I met this guy out in Kentucky in June for a different poetry reading I went out for, and he was telling me he also writes history books, and he was saying that his history books are more um, well received than his poetry, and I just. And I said to him, well, what do you have more fun writing? And he said, well, poetry for sure, but the history books, that provides me income. And it's just – it's an interesting, I guess, take on things, you know, because like you said, you're doing the essays, you're writing poetry, you're a playwright. I mean I'm sure – well, actually, I don't know. I've never written a play. So writing plays, I mean do you find that's more tedious or you have to work harder at it versus like an essay or a poem? No, it's not. I've done twenty-seven of them, so it's it's not like it's it's a hard thing to do. The the, que- sure. the question is, is that, and and these days especially, um, I, I know this sounds unusual, but a person who's doing an essay or a poem or even a fiction piece, they're doing it, crafting it, perfecting it, and then they're sending it out to whatever market it is. Where in, in a play, it's 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 quite different because. If you don't really have an idea about a theater or two that might be willing to, 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 to at least read this thing, let alone perform it, there's no point writing it for four or five months. It's just not. You'd just be sitting there doing nothing. So right. th- that's, that's, that becomes a, 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 a far different a piece of writing than, than the other things. That's why I, don't, I haven't done as many or done I, maybe one a year maybe um, because it's, it's, it's hard to, to, to put that out there and, and, uh, and, and get, you know, nowhere without having the idea of some of the things that are, that are being that are done already because you have a lot of theaters that you know they they want the, the tried and true stuff already or they want the classic stuff or or in some cases you know they box themselves in where you know we got to have two black plays a year and one gay play and then you know m- maybe maybe might consider your white italian guy play <laughs> Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's sure. the only way to describe it, because unfortunately, it, it doesn't leave a lot of room for the for the writer that is not of that persuasion. I, I don't have right. I don't have anything against that sort of practice. I really don't. But what I do understand is that now, for me, that cuts the market a little bit further, and you have to be smarter about it. You have to be, um, you know. And I've written a few plays already that that had uh, either black or Hispanic characters in before, and I got. And I got them produced on Off Broadway, so that worked out. But um, ironically, I, they never would have worked out if I didn't decide to do those already. But I, you know, I had a director that wanted to wanted me to do that kind of work, and that's what I did. And that's the only reason it got produced. Uh, otherwise, if I was going to do the other plays I wanted to do, they, they never would have been produced there. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's definitely – you ever use the um, the website Submittable for uh, poetry? Uh, I, I do it for most of the things that, that are out there, but not for everything. Uh, because right. the, the the biggest problem with Submittable is is that it hasn't done anything to help the average editor out there be a better editor or have better business practices or even better artistic decisions. You're still going to be waiting forever, oftentimes, uh, on these other things. Um, you, you're still going to have all these quotas. You still got to worry about whether your resume is, is going to be strong enough for them or not. And in all of that, and in some cases, uh, people want you to pay, which I never do. If I don't have it free for a submission, it doesn't happen in submittable, just like anything else. Right. And you, you got a lot of those people that they complain, you know, uh, for us to do submittable and for this to be easy and blah, 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 we need $3. I'm like, really? If you're treating me the same crappy way everybody else is treating me with the email or the postal mail, then why the hell do I need to get, send you three dollars? I can just I can get spit on for free. I don't need to get paid. I don't need to pay you to do that. You know. Exactly. Exactly. So right. I, I've gotten some things published through Submittable, but I, I swear to you that, and I think it's like my tenth year doing Submittable, and it, it's probably less than like twenty things after after ten years. That's literally that few. Maybe one or two a year if I'm lucky, and I probably submit fifty or sixty things a year on there. And it's just it's just very small. So I'm happy because at least something else got put out with Submittable that might not have been able to done otherwise. But I, I don't expect it to be some holy grail because it's not. I mean, I, I, I mean if you're sending out 50 things and you're getting one thing published, it's it's pretty it's pretty horrible record. Exactly. I, I I'm 100% with you on that. Um, what what led me to that was thinking about or hearing you say, you know, how when you do the plays, like these theaters might want like, you know, two black plays or or a gay play, um, because my problem with submittable outside of them trying to always get a fee from me is uh, just sometimes like you don't know what the hell you're submitting to. Like I submitted to a magazine maybe about a week ago. And they're like, well, we don't take submissions from white males. I was like, oh, well, you didn't fucking have that in your guidelines. Like, yeah, and then help. and they're like, well, if you, yeah, they're like, well, if you checked out our website, and I was like, your website's down. How that? I was like, all right, I'm not even gonna go back and forth with these people. But at the same time, like, I'm happy that those places exist for, you know, marginalized writers or or whatever. But it's just like, I don't know. It, it's tough. It's all political at the end of the day. You know, yeah, and, well, and sometimes I don't think it needs to be. It 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 doesn't, but unfortunately, you, you got some folks over there that you know they just they want to just put on an act. You know, I've 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 sat in in editor meetings when I used to do some editor roundtables with with people from the internet, you know, in journals. I I stopped doing them because I I didn't really get anything productive out of them. But I, I was amazed to hear them talk all this crap. About I gotta I gotta produce this thing and I produce that thing and then I'm asking them uh, you know uh, up front okay um, can you tell me um, how many black people are on your staff uh, no, right. none uh, how many females are on your staff uh, none uh, how many gay people are on your staff well we got a professor that consults he's gay so it, it's a problem with me because you got a lot of these places especially the academic um, you know subsidized journals. Where they're, right. they're in some corner of the world where 
I swear to God, I mean, one editor told me, uh, we have about like 12 black people in, in our campus, man, so we got some people here. I'm like, really? It says here in your internet site that you have 6,000 students. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you got 12 of them. I appreciate that. Um, so it, it, right. it just it right. just falls in the – to me, it, it, it's – I don't even consider it hypocrisy. I just consider it that the whole thing is, is just a, a false flag thing because what are you, what are you doing? You, you, if you really want to be racially or even sexually inclusive – how about you open the gates and, and let some more people in your college? Okay, that would be nice. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, exactly. Or, or your staff, maybe. Really? I, I mean, none of those people are writing. I mean, come on. So right. th that's what I found. I found most of these people are white, uh, talking all this nonsense that I don't even know anything about. And apparently, they don't even have the experience with people. One guy told me, um, "Yeah, I went to all white schools in all my white town, and now I'm in an all white college." I'm like, great. Uh, so. You know, and I don't think anything is wrong with that per se. It's just wrong. Of, yeah. It's just wrong with it when you're telling me about how I need to have black consciousness. I'm like, really? You don't know what the hell you're talking about. You need to have a black friend, and then you can talk to me about black consciousness then. <laughs> right. Right. No, I'm, I know, I'm from New uh, Jersey. We're 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 mixed in all the stuff we do. <laughs> ex I, yeah. You know, it's it's funny that, I mean. So you don't live in Jersey anymore. But um, I, live, I live in Georgia, and trust me, there's all kinds of different people around here. I mean, a, a sure. military retired community over here. You, 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 you're going to get a thousand different groups of, of people over here. Yeah, no, no. Uh, well, it, it's funny because, like, in my bio, I always include I'm from New Jersey. I, I don't know. There's, it's like a badge of pride, I guess. There's some – no matter where I go, the first thing, oh, I'm Tom from New Jersey. You know, even sometimes when I do submissions, hey, I'm Tom from New Jersey. I don't know what it is. It's just like I have to do it. I don't know. For me, I feel like saying I'm from New Jersey expresses how diverse this area can be and is. But, um, it, you know, it's funny because I've had I've had poets actually refuse to work with me because I don't have any black writers on my press. And I only have a handful of women. And I said, well, that's not always by my doing. I've, I've reached out to people. It's just they don't want to work with me. You know, so it's like you can't fault me if people aren't willing to be published by me. Does that make sense? You do. You got you got. Listen, Tom, you got folks that they're going to complain just because they need to complain and they're going to have some angle. You believe that I had I had a guy tell me last month. OK, I mean, literally last month. He goes, I, I don't really notice that you have a lot of black American writers, and, 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 uh, and I've been reading a lot of your stuff. And uh, so I'm not really sure. I'm hesitant to, to submit. And the first thing I noticed when he said this was black American. So I'm like, you do realize that uh, we cover about 40 countries around the world. I have a heavy, a heavy amount of people from Africa and the Middle East, and I also have a number of people who are Brazilian writers that are black. He goes, well, they don't count. It's just, just I count as American black. So, again, that's just somebody with a narrow point of view who just want, right. wants to make a complaint. Now, he didn't outright call me a racist, but he might as well because even though that's not true and even though it's obviously from the, my publishing's not true, that's, they just want to make up an, uh, an excuse for a story. Needless to say, I still invited him, still never submitted. So, I mean, what are you going to do? You, you, you can't twist somebody's arm. You know, and, and right. 
that's that's how it's going to be. I'm I'm sure one day I'll probably reject somebody and they'll probably say it's because you're a racist. I mean, that's just that's just the, the culture of the times here. But I'm not I'm right. not particularly impressed with it. No, no, nor am I. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can't please everybody, you know. And that's the other thing. It's like, well, if they're dissatisfied with what you're doing, then they should go out and make their own press. They should go out and have their own journal, do their own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and that's fine. With people can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the reason why I don't have a problem because I have writers that complain to me privately. They won't talk publicly about it, but they'll privately say, "Mark, I can't believe there's so many." Gay magazines that are only for gay people and black magazines only for black people. I go, well, guess what? I mean, if they feel, whether it's true or not, perception or not, that somebody has not been really including them, then they should be able to create their own stuff and, and do their own thing. There's nothing wrong with that. It's what freedom's all about. It's what expression is all about. That's great. And uh, and, and sometimes you can still um, get things published. I, I got a, a couple of examples over here. Um I got a play that um, got produced over in in, in, in England. Um, I think it's like Paul, Paul McCartney's uh, hometown over there, and um, in a theater. And they said they wanted more more gay writers, right? Yeah. And uh, so I, I noticed that there was a lot of work along the history on the internet of that theater. That was non-gay. So I, right. I said, listen, this is my submission. I'm not gay, and there's nothing gay about right. the material, but I'd still like you to consider it anyway. And, and they did. They did, and they, and they produced it. And it was about a, about a veteran who was having some issues with transition from the military to the civilian life, and, sure. and that worked out just fine. And I even did it with an Irish guy, so they kind of made it a, you know, almost like an Irish thing, uh, maybe almost like an Irish military thing. But it, it worked out really nice. And I know that I would say, I don't know, 90% of everything that they produced that that particular quarter was gay. So right. there's no reason, to, as long as they don't actually say, you can't do, send this, then you can still send it. You know, I've had, I've had a few uh, other publishings that same way where, um, you know, because I, 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 I told this uh, one editor one time when we had a roundtable, I go, you don't have a gay exclusive publication. No, I don't. I go, but you produce mostly gay writers. Yes, I do. I go, I can see in your guidelines you don't. So that means I should be able to submit to you and I should be able to be judged just on the merits of it all. I did and, you know, I got a, a fiction piece uh, published out there and it worked out real well. Got some good response from it. He was very happy with it. So uh, sometimes we might feel just because of that experience that something is actually restricted. But if the guidelines don't say that, you can still submit and you might get some some welcome surprises with that. I, I mean, some people, they, they don't want to do that just because they, they, they feel it's a waste of time and a rejection already and blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's cool. I understand. But I've, I've also tested the waters where, you know, I reminded them. I said, listen, I, I don't have a magazine that's like that. My journal is for anybody they can write. I don't care who the hell you are, as long as you're not a damn terrorist or a bigot or, you know, I mean, some kind of like child murderer or something. I'm, I'm just do what you got to do. And um, right. I go, so if I'm free to do that, and, and in fact, I had my first, I, I don't know, maybe it, it, it'll, it'll be more. Who the hell knows? But uh, 
I had a writer that I produced for, um, uh, published a number of poems a couple of years ago, and I also had an interview show with him as well. Wonderful guy. He's gay, and um, now he is uh, a transition into a woman, and he sure. sent me some stuff. I'm like, cool. I'm happy with that, and uh, maybe one day if he wants to talk more about that sort of experience, uh, he can have uh, you know at, at the show. I have no problem with that at all. Because I told him, I, I, I said, listen, I think, and I could be wrong because it's my opinion, but I said, I think that sometimes people who are in this whole transgender situation have issues because I don't really think they're the best on explaining maybe some of the things that's occurred or some of the things that, that's happened. They let some people get some kind of at least an intellectual understanding, if not an emotional one. I go, I'm not saying that, that suddenly doesn't make people want to hate you or, or suddenly now transgender bigotry is gone because you explained it. But sure. I think it still helps. And when you don't do that, I, I can't be the one that does that. Yeah, he did this because of that, and da da da, and then his penis got cut off, and I mean, I, I have no idea, you know. So I'm, I'm right. not the person for right. that, you know. But um, yeah, I, I would welcome that. I welcome that. I, I have a couple of gay people that that told me about when they came out of the closet and how they changed their writing, which was super fascinating, and a real, real big uh, uh, show. I had a huge amount of numbers from that. The woman's family even had a better understanding of her after that, because I had, a, I had a woman who's a writer that uh. Uh, came out of the closet, um, I think in her very late forties. After she was oh, after wow. she was married yeah. after she was married for was twenty years with three kids. That's wild. Active in the Catholic Church. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. no joke, and that was a big show, and it was just incredibly fascinating. And I don't know if you suddenly win anti-lesbian hearts or something. But what I do know is that when people have an idea of the human element of what the hell is going on, they're going to have more, I think, of empathy, maybe even more of a sympathy, at least some sort of rough understanding versus you're the other or you're the monster, you're the creature, you're this, you're that. Now you're no longer that because now they're like, I have a human you know, shape to this. So hopefully we could do that one day, and you know, because it would be nice. I I really think that, uh, and this person who did the poems, uh, more wonderful work. But there's really nothing at all about that whole transgender situation. So, you know, you never know, okay? Other than if you knew the name uh, had changed from the other, if you read it, and then you, you would know. Other than that, you you wouldn't know. Um, I don't know if they choose to do that or not, or if they're able to do that, or if they're able to build the vocabulary in that well they even care to do that i don't really know i mean i'm sure there's people that probably don't care probably say the hell with it and just you know i'm doing my thing and whether you like it or not too bad but um right 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 and that's that's actually a valid view too i don't have a problem with that but i do think that you know whenever we can in the, in the writing world try to help you know explain or or, or deal with i mean i deal with a lot of issues here with, with mental uh, duress mental stress mental depression mental illness you know and because um, yeah. it's a big part of writing, man, believe it or not, I, they say statistically 40 percent of writers have some form of a depression. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. So. So it'd be nice to have that happen. I'd be interested in, in, in something like that. 
you know. But yeah, you, you get some folks that, you know, they might not be interested in doing that. You just have to hope one day. I, I had somebody I was hoping, I, I I did my own standalone show on it because uh, the person didn't want to come onto the show. But I asked the person who um, who calls himself a secret artist. Um, because what this person does is they take on expensive commissions from the Catholic Church to do stained glass art of various religious scenes. I mean, we're talking fifty thousand, hundred, two hundred thousand dollar things, okay? Sure, sure. I mean, like serious stuff. And, and it does it in an old fashioned, but it's still kind of a modern twist type of way. And I was just I was very fascinated with all of that. You know, and uh, I wanted to know the, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly in that whole situation. But the person didn't want to talk about it, other than, you know, it's their religious calling and blah blah blah. And, you know, and uh, I just wanted, to, I just wanted to know, you know. Yeah, of what, course. What, 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 no, what, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, it, it is yeah. fascinating. I also want, I also wanted to know the, the, you know, the street level stuff. You know, you got a, you got a church over there that has a quarter of of its population from the last fifty years. And, uh, you know, they're lucky they're going to, you know, make their rent and, and, you know, they're spending $200,000 in your art. It's kind of unusual. Right. <laughs> you know, but uh, what are you going to do? They, they didn't want to they didn't want to um, talk about that. So I had to do my own show on it because I was so fascinated with it. I got a lot of information uh, together and collected from that person and others, you know, and I just did my own show on that. Try to summarize the best I can about it. I mean, I'm certainly not against it. It's certainly uh, interesting, and you know, it obviously it has validity because it, it is art. I mean, it's not like I can paint on some stained glass. I mean, what the heck? Uh, but right, right. But um, it it is it is fascinating to see how uh, you know how they um either spiritually believe that maybe the church attendance can be better because of the artwork, or or disbelieve that this is their own religious calling and therefore they've had a you know, epiphany and all that. I mean, but I hope one day you gotta always get certain things that you want to be able to, to do or, or, or to talk about. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, it, it's almost like uh, I wonder if they were just scared to talk about it, if it would like get back to the church or their job or whatever, you know. Uh, I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. But, you know, like I told that person directly in the email, I said, listen, if you really think that your work's going to get canceled or you're going to get canceled or something because, you know, you're talking about these things that maybe you're in the wrong field anyway, because if these are people are supposed to be about tolerance and forgiveness and God's love, I don't see how any of that's going to relate to what you're, what you're feeling, you know, right. plus, plus right. I'm not trying to go 60 minutes, you know, like expose over here and something. There was no dark side to the show. I didn't have any dark questions. I just had a few questions about, you know, what do, what do they feel like? I mean, because, you know, in the end, which I found profoundly negative, though, is is that the uh, the church attendees don't really have a say or a vote in that. The church is simply, I want to replace this, I want to spend the money, and that's that. <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah, I thought that was quite unusual. Yeah. Yeah, you know? It's, it's, not, it's not necessarily uh, the community, it's just... No. The church. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. We, we can't, we can't pay for birth control pills and, or the soup kitchen, but uh, I, I got two hundred thousand dollar art I can put up there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Right, right. Oh. I mean, yeah, two hundred thousand dollars. You could do a lot with yeah, well, that. Uh, the, the, uh, stained glass is extremely expensive. Yeah, yeah. 
It's beautiful, yeah. but yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So I mean, it's just it's a little bit of all of that in there, but you know that that I don't know. I, I guess if you got a you know a winning gig, you don't want to ruin it and rock the boat, but. So. Well, no, I mean, what what you're, yeah, I mean, listen, you, you got a good thing going here with these podcasts, you know. I'm definitely gonna check more out. Uh, you had me hooked with the the artificial intelligence one, you know. Yeah, it so. was about time to do that. I've been wanting to do that for a while. What I did was I, I have this show, Strength to Be Human, which is what we're on now, and it's the bulk of my catalog is there. But about a year ago, I decided to to create a second one called MindSpeak, where I could do some more some more subjects that don't necessarily have a connection to writing. So I've, I've done a, sure. I've done a few countries. I know, I know we did anti-Semitism in, in France. We did a, a one about uh, Poland. Uh, we did some, I think we did one on Puerto Rico. Uh, we've had a few subjects like, you know, artificial intelligence and, you know, things along that line. And so I, I, I like that because I won't have to be hemmed in on, cause there's only so many things you could do about writing. I, I don't want to re- repeat myself or, try to come up with some different tangent that sounds like the other show from, you know, two years ago or something. So it was a good way to do that as well, you know. And, no, that's great. Yeah, and, that's and, have, great. and have some fun with it, kind of broaden the audience a little bit, you know. Although that France one was kind of rough, but the Polish one was even rougher, I'll tell you that. I, that's, like the, <laughs> sure. that's like the most hate mail I ever got. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, we talked about the history of Poland, but we also talked about that, you know, they needed to um, – they need to they need to calm down on the whole. Um, we're not responsible for the Holocaust stuff because, yes, the Germans took over the country and yes, they created those camps. But it doesn't mean that you just simply disrespect people who want to come over and you know pay respects to, to the to the concentration camps, especially when you're getting tourist dollars from that. I, I don't want to I don't right. want to sound like a grim guy over here, but you know, so suddenly you're telling people that. You know, they, they can't have their artwork or they can't have their personal belongings returned to them that the Nazis stole, that the Polish then took over because uh, the law says you don't have to have it anymore. I don't have to deal with it. So it, 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 to me, it, it just sounded like they were just, I don't know, perpetuating stuff, making it worse for people and, you know, becoming in their own kind of strange way anti-Semitic. So, um, yeah, we had some, some hate mail on that one. I had some good ones, but it had, it had a lot of... A lot of wacky ones. I, I, I read it off because I do some shows yeah, every like six months or so where I, I read off a bunch of emails from different shows to let people know about what they're thinking and everything. So that's got to be the most negative show I ever had. I swear to God, I probably could have did three shows just on Poland and just on the negative stuff. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, people want to kill me. People uh, think I'm anti-Polish. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. I'm just doing a podcast here. Yeah, well, I, there's a lot of positive stuff about Poland too. So it was just, uh, but th- th- that part they didn't get. I just got the the other part. <laughs> of course. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, and I I really thought that the French would be worse because I mean I spent I probably spent a quarter of that show just on the anti-Semitism. That's how bad it is there. It's unbelievably bad. And uh, wow. And I didn't get as much hate mail for that than I did in Poland. I only mentioned about for five minutes about the Holocaust. Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to probably do a Holocaust show eventually here. I'm just going to research it because sure. I, I have some experience because I lived in Germany. I, I I went to the Dachau concentration camp, which was the first one that was built by the by the Nazis. So 
I had a few uh, stories and a few things I've written uh, about it as well. So, you know, I just want to be able to get all my ducks in the row because I don't want people uh, yeah, uh, uh, getting weird, you know, because I mean? that's, right. that's how they do things, you know. You get you get some you get like a RFK Jr. over here talking about how, you know, a, a, a virus could be ethnically engineered to kill certain races and everything. And he's trying to speak theoretically. And next thing you know, he, you know he, he's a monster or something. So people just get out of hand. Right. <laughs> it's not that he don't have any scientific facts to it. It's like, really? Let's, let's not worry about that. So I think I'll I'll do it from my own, my own perspective of my experience there and some of the history and all that. This way, it's going to be a little harder to, you know, to to beat me up. Although I've been I've been sure. fortunate though not, to not get too many um, people thinking strange things. <laughs> Except for that Polish one. Yeah, it's what are you going to do? Right. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking I'm not having the Polish sequel. Okay, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I think I'm done with Poland for now. <laughs> oh lord yeah well listen man I mean you know I don't, I don't know how how much longer you want to uh, keep talking no, that, you know, you let me yeah, know yeah that's that's fine you have something else that you wanted to bring up or talk about I mean that, that's great I, I I normally try to keep it within an hour sometimes it goes longer it's it's not a, it's not really a big deal I don't really have a a really set limit. The only set limit that we have is because of the network. They don't want me to record a show that's any less than a half an hour. So that, sure. other than that, and believe me, I've never had an interview person, even shy, that went a half an hour. They always went at least 45 minutes. Sure, sure. Well, what are we doing right now? How are we doing? Yeah, um, let me see here. We didn't have too much banter in the beginning, so that, that kind of makes it a little easier. Yeah, it looks like the, it's it's about like an hour and eight minutes, so it's not too bad at all. All right. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I, I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah, hopefully uh, you'll have it again. Uh, you want to plug something? I think you have a, a book that, that's out, actually, that you might, might want to talk about a little bit or you know, ask people to buy and maybe where they could buy it at. Sure. Yeah, I, I just released um, a full-length book of poetry. It's called Cleaning the Gutters of Hell. It was put out by Zeitgeist Press, and you can go to their website. It's zeitgeistpress.com. I think the, the book is for, uh, I think they're selling it for $13. It's 100 poems, and uh, yeah, in, in, my, in my opinion, I mean, I don't like to talk about myself very much, but it, it, I think it's the, the best poems I've ever written. So yeah, if anyone's interested, zeitgeist.com or zeitgeistpress.com, Cleaning the Gutters of Hell, 13 bucks. And uh, I appreciate it. So thank you. Oh, no, not, not a problem there. So, yeah, definitely go and get that. Uh, we have um, one of his works up uh, for the month of July in Aerial Chart, and we'll be putting a few more out in, in August as well. I'm not really sure if any of those are a part of that book or not, but at least you still get a representation of what he's doing. Yeah, I, I can't remember if any of them are part of that book. Um, but But, yeah. Thank you for accepting those poems and, again, having me on here. So thanks. I appreciate it. And hopefully we'll be able to have you again. Some new things that are happening. Uh, maybe you're going to talk about some some more of your uh, your performance art or maybe you have another book out or something like that. But, yeah, I'm definitely happy. Of course, it's always good to have a, a Jersey guy on there because you, you don't get too many of them. Well, thank you. You got it. <laughs> All right, Tom, you have a good weekend, and thank you very much. All right, folks, I appreciate you, uh, your support out there. And... Uh, 
just continue to uh, spread out the word to your friends and your relatives and your neighbors. It's 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 really a great thing. Many a times, uh, we'll have people who are interviewed through the show, and they'll they'll encourage friends or relatives, you know, to listen to the show. And then many a times, those same people they'll listen to a bunch of other shows, or they'll connect some other people involved in that. So sometimes it's a good way just to spread the word that way. So. You know, it's another it's another function of the interview is sort of a way to market the show, but also it's a way to have uh, you know writers' voices heard, you know, live rather than just me saying I, I heard about this or that some guy is doing that or that girl is this and that. So I, I, I that's why I wanted to do that. And even though they they begin difficult at times, you know, to to coordinate or to schedule with people, you know, I still made the point to to do it every year of the show because um, it's really what it's about uh, the writer and. I'm I'm happy to have that. All right, Tom, you take good care. God bless and thank you very much. Likewise, man. You take care, Mark. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. Hello and welcome to the Strength to Be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright Mark Anthony Rossi. In this, our second year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host, 